Hello, and welcome to episode 25 of our podcast, Loving Parenting, where our goal is to improve our relationships by going beyond our comfort zone one small step at a time. In last week's episode, episode 24, we began discussing the topic of self-blame. If your child has characteristics that you do not admire, and that might even be contrary to the way you educated him, then it is natural to wonder, why did things turn out like this? We discussed the fact that many factors besides a parent's influence affect how a child turns out. Therefore, it is worthwhile for a parent to spend some time analyzing the various influences in order to determine the extent of his or her responsibility. For those factors that the parent has been responsible, the parent should try to improve his or her way of acting toward his or her child from now on. This approach helps a parent deal with his or her own self-blame. In addition to the self-blame, it often happens that a child blames her parent for not having provided proper parenting. So, not only does the parent have to deal with her own self-blame, She also has to contend with the blame that her child attributes to her. That is the topic of this episode, episode 25. What if your child blames you? Your initial reaction to your child's blame should be empathy. You may or may not be responsible to what your child blames you for. However, if your child blames you, then he definitely feels hurt. So do what you can to soothe his hurt right then and there. However, there might be some merit to your child's blames and claims. So you'll need to spend some time analyzing these claims to determine their validity and to figure out how to improve your behavior as a result. As part of this analysis, you might need to address the following question, which we posed near the end of the previous episode. Even if you acted with utmost sincerity in the past, your actions may have still caused damage or harm to your child. What responsibility do you bear for this damage that you may have caused? This is a difficult question to answer. On one hand, you did the best you knew how to at the time, so how could you be blamed? On the other hand, you did cause some harm to your child in the process, So shouldn't you bear some responsibility for that harm? How can we reconcile these two competing claims? We can find an answer to this dilemma by looking into the Torah, which is the wisdom of God, and which, if we look deeply enough, contains answers to all of our questions. The Torah describes a situation in which person A kills person B purely by accident. Person A had no hostile feelings toward Person B, but due to some freak accident, he ended up killing Person B. An example of such a situation is as follows. Person A is climbing down a ladder, and while climbing down, he trips and falls to the ground. It just so happens that Person B was standing at the bottom of this ladder, and Person A while he is falling off the ladder, ends up falling on top of person B and mortally injuring him. 
In this story, person A was not doing anything particularly dangerous or negligent, just going about his ordinary business, but he had an accident with a very unfortunate outcome. How should person A be judged? An intentional killer could receive the death penalty, but person A is certainly not in that category. Yet, person A caused person B to prematurely lose his life and caused untold grief to person B's family and friends. So person A should bear some responsibility. He shouldn't just walk away as if nothing happened. The Torah states that person A must go to one of the pre-designated cities of refuge and stand trial for what he has done. If the trial shows that he indeed killed accidentally, then he must stay in that city of refuge until the high priest, Kohen Gadol, passes away. He has to leave his home and live in an unfamiliar city for an indefinite amount of time. During the time that he dwells in this city, he can contemplate his deeds and find mutual support with other accidental killers. I think that this story is very analogous to the case of a parent who does not have expert parenting skills and or has a personality mismatch with his or her child, as described in episode 8, and or has mismatched love languages with his or her child, as described in episode 18. As a result of these factors, the parent treats the child in ways that hurt the child's feelings maybe even to the extent that the child suffers permanent emotional damage as a result of this treatment. The parent has raised the child in a way that seemed to be appropriate and certainly meant no harm to the child, yet the parent's treatment of the child has caused permanent damage to the child. In such a situation, the parent must go to the analog of the city of refuge and contemplate his deeds for an indefinite period of time. The parent cannot undo the past, but he has to improve his mindset and his conduct so that he would not repeat his hurtful behaviors, but rather would act in a much more kind and empathetic way. In practical terms, I suggest the following steps for the parent to take. 1. Thoroughly contemplate your deeds, and with the aid of an objective advisor, determine what has been your contribution to the situation. Since it is actually the result of many factors, as described in episode 24. This could mean consulting with a professional counselor who specializes in family relationships. 2. A great resource that can help you identify and express your feelings of regret is the prayer of the biblical King Menashe. The Bible describes King Menashe as one of the most idolatrous kings of Judah. He was taken captive by the Assyrians. In his captivity, he prayed for mercy, and when he was freed, he turned away from his idolatrous ways. More details about King Menashe's life are in episode 12. Saying King Menashe's prayer occasionally can really help you feel more humble. A link to a website where you can find this prayer is posted in the summary description of this podcast episode. 3. Now that you feel regret and humility, 
make resolutions to rectify the destructive behaviors that you have identified. In your future interactions with your children and with other people that are close to you, act in the improved way. Four, sincerely apologize to your child and follow any other advice that your counselor has given you in this context. I wish you a lot of success in identifying and rectifying your damaging behaviors. It could be that some of your behaviors are not intrinsically damaging, but were severely mismatched to what your child needed. Furthermore, I wish you success in being more proficient at identifying the emotional needs of another person and adapting your behavior to at least partially meet those needs. And I wish you success in improving your relationships with all of your children from now on. I welcome your comments, feedback, questions, and suggestions for topics, and I've set up an email address for this purpose. The address is lovingparenting123 at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in and hope you'll tune in to future episodes. A great resource that can help you identify and express your feelings of regret is the prayer of the biblical King Menashe. The Bible describes King Menashe as one of the most idolatrous kings of Judah. He was taken captive by the Assyrians. In his captivity, he prayed for mercy and when he was freed, he turned away from his idolatrous ways. More details about King Manasseh's life are in episode 12. Saying King Manasseh's prayer occasionally can really help you feel more humble. A link to a website where you can find this prayer is posted in the summary description of this podcast episode. 3. Now that you feel regret and humility, Make resolutions to rectify the destructive behaviors that you have identified. In your future interactions with your children and with other people that are close to you, act in the improved way. 4. Sincerely apologize to your child and follow any other advice that your counselor has given you in this context. 